What's up, you fucking gamer goblins? You like games? I like games. We talk about games again, because now we're a gaming podcast solely. Fuck anime. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but when you put it like that... Well, yeah. also, like... I think I, I might throw that in next week. There's the tease of my anime recap, because it'll be a lot shorter than last last seasons. But look forward to that. I'm introing... I'm teasing something in the intro. Well, that's not... Uh, uh, Chris, keep going. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about video game stuff. We got Nintendo. We got Halo. That's mostly what it's talking about. Good stuff, though. Uh, we got uh, good good times on the horizon. Roll Better the intro! The old times. Hey, we just... We got uh, the, the video games. But, Chris, first... I had a really good weekend this weekend. You know why? <laughs> why? I won some fucking money. My luck okay. finally turned around in the sports bets, and I finally had a good weekend. Yeah, Turns your you whole mood anything, around. Did you make anything worthwhile? Uh, uh, about a hundred bucks. Oh, okay, but you're just gonna turn right around and lose that. Yeah, you know, I posted. Um, I decided to be a paper hands little bitch boy. Uh, in our Discord, I posted something this morning. I think it was this morning, maybe last night, of a a parlay I had going, which is for if you don't know, parlay is basically just a multi-game bet, or doesn't necessarily have to be games, but a multi-bet bet. So I had four four different games that I was betting on, and if I if you hit on all of them, you get a huge payout. And I had like a $200 potential payout that I uh, paper hands this morning and cashed out of because I don't trust the Eagles tonight. And I took my 70 bucks and went home. Wow, what a little, what a little bitch. So that's the main reason why I won 100 bucks because that was mostly there. Most of it came right. <laughs> but, you know, to go into the life of the degenerate gambler that I am, not really, because I don't even bet that much. Uh, it was good. Helped, uh... Turn my weekend, turn my mood around. Well, not really, because also we had Halo. But yeah, so to your point now, video games. I just had to throw that in there, you know? Sure. <laughs> I, um, know, I know our, our audience is just clamoring for more sports bet talk from me. Always, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but the video game news just won't stop coming. Which it won't is great. stop coming. Uh, the biggest thing was we got a new Nintendo Direct, which is never something we get planned for because they always announce it like two days before. Yep. <laughs> uh, but this one was, was pretty cool, I thought. There was, there was actually a good amount of stuff that I at least had an interest in or think is worth talking about. Um, the, the main, I mean, not the main one, but like something that we can just kind of brush over real quick is October 5th is when we're going to find out who the last Smash DLC character is. You know what's wild that they chose October 5th? Uh, that is also the date that just about every manga I'm reading comes out with their next volume. So I don't know what's going on <laughs> in Japan on October 5th, but uh, big announcement and release day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, October 5th is a Tuesday, and... At least in the past, that was like a traditional video game drop day. I don't know about anything else going on. Yeah, similarly, I went to I went grocery shopping today, and it was like one p.m. on a Monday, right? And I went to the Sam's Club, 
And that place was bumping, and I was pissed off about it. I just want to have a quiet grocery shop. Was there a... Uh, every time I go to Sam's Club, it's like, man, is this a holiday? Why is there so many people here? Was that, were, there, were they out of a bunch of stuff? No. Okay. Because I got dinner with my parents over the weekend, and my mom was saying how at their grocery store, they were, like, out of canned vegetables and things and, like, canned tomatoes. And I was like, what the hell? What's why? And like, well, you know, they just they just can't get them in. It's like supply chain issues. And I'm like, what? No. What? Well, you just go to a weird grocery store. <laughs> like, they have signs up limiting how many, like, canned goods you can purchase. Like, what the hell? Weird. Uh, but, <laughs> back to Nintendo. Nice tangent uh, there. <laughs> yeah. My probably my favorite announcement from the direct, and I I don't know that many people are gonna have my back on this, and certainly you are not. But Chocobo, they announced, right? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> they announced a new 3D big budget platform Kirby game. Yes, it looked kind of cool. I don't care much for Kirby, but it it looked cool. Yeah, for the most part, Kirby games have existed in 2D environments, and a lot of them are, like, either reboots or rehashes of older Kirby games. I, I think there's been a couple, like, Game Boy or Game Boy Color games that have been remade recently. But just about the only Kirby game I've ever played was Kirby and the Crystal Shards on N64, which was, like, it, it was it was kind of a 2.5D situation, where, like, the uh, I, I think the gameplay track was 2D, but the visuals were realized in full 3D. And there was like this cool mechanic about mixing powers together. So like if you got some fire and some rock, they'd make a different power than just fire or just rock. And I I, I think that there is a little bit of that happening here. And it, it kind of looks like a marrying of Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. And I think that's going to be like the next big, big game on the Nintendo Switch. I'm excited yeah. for it. Yeah, that's what everyone was saying. It's like, it's, it's Breath of the Wild, but Kirby. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm fucking stoked. As like a casual Kirby fan, that's gonna be the kind of game I want to play. Is that that was like the biggest announcement, wasn't it? Uh, oh no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, minus the obvious actual <laughs> big one, but game wise, yeah, but even then, uh, that's gonna kind of vary. I think uh, as far as mass appeal, yeah, that probably was. But we did get a trailer for Bayonetta three, and that is pretty big on its own. Not for me. I don't really care for Bayonetta that much. I'm not big on that style of game, but it does have a pretty massive following. And Bayonetta 3 is probably one of the more anticipated games coming out soon. What? What Because also, I mean, they game... ended the direct on that, so. What kind of game is Bayonetta? Is it a bullet hell game? No, it's, uh, it's the kind of 3D beat-em-up, like a Devil May Cry kind of thing. Okay. Devil okay. May Cry or No More Heroes. I've never um, played one, and I if you had if I had a gun to my head and said what's the game style like what's the gameplay loop of Bayonetta I'd be a dead man because I have no <laughs> idea I couldn't I couldn't begin I would have told you oh, it's, a, it's a bullet hell I don't know <laughs> I it it might be kind of like a near automata where there are bullet hell elements built into it you might not be wrong about that but for the most part I I liken it to something like a Devil May Cry okay that fits a lot better than what I think I had in my head initially. <laughs> so the trailer looked cool. Um, I was a little disappointed because anytime I see that kind of style, I'm always like, whoa, Castlevania? But no, it was just Bayonetta. 
But they've been blueballing people for a long time on Bayonetta stuff. Didn't Bayonetta 3 get announced like four years ago? Probably. I think I they made specifically, a, but it's been a while. I think they made a point of saying like, yeah, we announced this way back in 2017. And everyone was like, <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, so very cool. Uh, also, like a lot of Splatoon 3 stuff. Yeah, a lot. Nintendo loves their Splatoon, dude. Yeah, they're probably they're going hard on Splatoon three right now, uh, but when that comes out, I imagine the Kirby game will get as much coverage. But Splatoon is huge for Nintendo. As far as new IPs coming out on the Switch, Splatoon is the breakout hit, and I totally get why they put so much time into it. Because I, I mean, I don't even play Splatoon. I've never really had the chance, but I still love it. I've never played one, but I feel like I should. Is what. They've always been the, like, PvP paint attack shit, right? Like, that's what it's always been, right? Uh, Splatoon 2 did have a fully realized single-player campaign, but okay. the multiplayer is the main draw. Okay, I, I I thought that was the case for one of them. I just couldn't. So they, <laughs> what did they do? They they titanfalled it, basically? <laughs> of, yeah. Like, oh, we'll put a, we'll put a campaign in this. I okay. think the first game had a single-player element, but not the kind of campaign that 2 had. It, it was very much the, the multiplayer was what they were going for there. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. And I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Chocobo GP, because, you know, everyone was just waiting on the edge of their seats for that game to get announced. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I forgot the Direct was happening until I, I was at work and I went to go take a shit like I do. And I was scrolling through YouTube, and I saw, oh, the direct is happening. So I opened it up, and I, sw- I I went to the beginning, and I started, like, quick tapping through everything just to see what was being announced. So I, I didn't even register that that's what that was. I just saw, oh, generic kart racer, and kept going. Yeah, basically. Uh, but then also, uh, what got announced right before I left the bathroom for taking my shit was uh, they announced that they an expansion for Nintendo Online, which I'm yes. a little iffy on. Yeah, I don't think it's... Well, I, I can't believe they announced that they were going to kind of do what I feel like we've both been saying, or mostly you have been saying forever, and then are like, yeah, but we're not going to tell you the price. You're going to have to wait for another Direct where we talk just about that. Yeah. Like, Nintendo Online is not expensive um, for as bare bones as their online systems are. Uh, you know, there's no chat function, really. There's no party system. Their net code is not good. <laughs> uh, for only $20 a year, I don't know how much I can really complain about it. But this does irk me that, like, the, the big thing they talked about for this is that they are adding Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis libraries to Nintendo Online, but that's only with the expansion. And then, yeah, did not give a price for it. Which, I, I can't believe they didn't do that. That, that blows my mind. Cause Especially because it's launching in, like, a month. They said late October. That's so, that's so weird. I mean, it, it's going to be a at least, I say at least $40. For, Ooh, I don't know about that. I think 30 is more likely. If it's for a year? Yeah, I think so. I think it's at least $40. All right, we're calling our shots. I'm saying 30, you're saying 40. It'll probably be like 35, and then we'll go, God <laughs> damn it. Uh, but I, I feel like it's got to be higher than what you would think, because w- otherwise, why wouldn't you announce it? 
and adding the games and if if it's a rotating library where they're gonna add stuff to it it's gonna be more expensive than you think since it's only a year unless they change it to a monthly subscription well you can do monthly as well oh god why it'd be like what two dollars <laughs> i think it's three four, four or six <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Why, why does that even exist? It's like, <laughs> oh! Yeah, I'm not sure. Right, uh, uh, I only ever pay for Nintendo Online when, when a friend is like, hey, you want to play Smash? And I'm like, I don't have Nintendo Online, but I guess I'll I'll give Nintendo my my $5 for their admission fee. Yeah. And then I forget about it and end up paying for two or three months of it anyway. Also, along with, I don't know, if, I don't think you mentioned this when you mentioned Smash getting its on announcement that we're also getting a direct for Animal Crossing, which is yeah that it's been a long time since they've gotten their own one. It was probably since like right after it released for that one of those first events, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, because they they kind of announced a whole season of content and then expounded on it more as it rolled out. But since that first year has gone by, it hasn't really gotten any updates. They've been pretty quiet on it but now they're just going to have a whole direct. So it seems like a pretty substantial update. Uh, and they teased a lot of fans have been clamoring for them to put the character Brewster back in the game, along with his cafe. And that seems to be attached to the museum. Uh, so that's like probably their flagship piece of content they're going to add. But yeah, whole direct for Animal Crossing. Pretty refreshing. It's like everyone and their mom, literally the case for me, uh, was playing that uh, last spring during the pandemic and then everyone dropped off dropped it at over the summer <laughs> like dropped it hard i but i guess that kind of makes sense because i feel like animal crossing's always just had like its small dedicated fan base that's always gonna play it that are just mostly moms um and so yeah not not too surprising that it hasn't gotten that much attention but it's still surprising that it hasn't gotten any big announcement or it hasn't gotten any direct or anything like that basically since like last summer. Yeah, but it is nice that they are paying it some attention again because yeah. it it kind of felt like Nintendo also dropped it. Especially like we we've been going back and forth on Nintendo releases on them being good or or honestly bad. Because uh, <laughs> like on the surface, Animal Crossing is good, but if you've played other Animal Crossing games or if you've played it for a while, it kind of shows its ass on how surface level it all really is. Um, because for as many villages as they have, they only have, like, six personalities. Yeah. And, like, eventually you see the same Nook Islands and, like, sure, you get your five-star island, but it's it's a lot of making your own fun at that point. Like, it, it's already not the kind of game you're supposed to sit there and play for a long time. You're supposed to come back to it and enjoy it in small bursts. But even then, I don't think it takes long for you to kind of do everything. Unless you're really invested in getting a particular look for your island. The incentive yeah. to collect and interact with the world isn't there as deeply as it is with previous iterations of the series. And then they make it so hard for you to, like, get the villagers that you want. Mm-hmm. which is one of the things for me that I thought was the coolest part. I was like, oh, because I, I didn't care so much about the aesthetic part, which is the majority of the game, basically, once you get to the end. uh, But it's so hard to, to be able to rotate and cycle out 
villagers that you don't want to try and get ones that you do that it, it is almost just like, well, what's what? Well, why am I still playing this? But I, <laughs> I'm getting like no joy out of this. <laughs> right. So, I mean, hopefully they can make it relevant, I guess, for the people that are still playing it. Uh, in in that same thing, I was talking like you know we go back and forth on quality. the The Mario Sports titles have not been super great that they've launched. Mario Tennis in particular was a big disappointment. I think Mario Golf was a little bit better, but people were still like, "Is this it?" Because like, they haven't made baseball, baby. Baseball is the best one. <laughs> the latest Mario Party was kind of whatever. Well, um, but what happens uh, when you only put like four maps in it, right? But then, so during the Direct, they talked about this new Mario Party that's coming out that's just, like, a big rehash of Nintendo 64 Mario Parties, I think? It is literally the newest Mario Party game, but on retro maps. Hmm. And it's its own fucking game. It's not even DLC for the first one, so you could have, like, you know, ten maps to choose from. No, you have to buy a whole new game. Yeah. So sometimes we get... Mario Odyssey or Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and sometimes we get that bullshit. Nintendo, uh, the <laughs> the word for Nintendo has not been consistency the last couple of years. No, it has not. Uh, but the the big the big news that came out of the direct, if you want to call it, if you want to call it big news, I'm calling it big news. So, like I said, I I watched most of the direct while I was taking a shit at work. Um. <laughs> But I, I was done before the direct was over. So I pull up my pants and I go back to my desk and I put my phone down and I'm still watching the direct. So I, I had to be in front of people, uh, luckily masked up so they couldn't see my reaction when fucking Miyamoto walks on screen and announces <laughs> that Chris Pratt is going to be the voice of Mario. It, <laughs> it's... When I tell you, I was going crazy. My I... head was spinning. I couldn't breathe. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to scream. And I had to be in front of people for this. Donkey's reaction video is probably the best thing because it's just like everybody. That's like, that was just everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, they just keep saying people and it's just laughter. You're just, yeah. (laughs) It only got weirder. Uh. So, so we got Chris Pratt as Mario. Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, Charlie, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, <laughs> Keegan Michael Key as Toad, and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Now, I'm gonna be honest. I don't, I don't actually hate this. I don't think. I, I don't think I hate it. Um, it could be really bad. Uh. But if this movie is written more like the Lego Batman movie, this could actually be unironically fucking hilarious. No, I want it to be like, uh, I want it to be in the vein of the Dark Knight. I want it to be fucking dark <laughs> and brooding, and it's just like an action Mario game, but then with, like with dark humor. That's what I want. That would All be right, well, fucking that's not amazing. gonna happen. I know it won't, but oh my god, would that be amazing? So Chris Pratt is really like the least inspired pick on this list because i'll be honest i think charlie day as luigi that's actually gonna be amazing i think he's gonna do a great job but he's jack not black as bowser what it's not live action 
Oh, you're right. You're right. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting that. I keep thinking it's live action. Why? What? And that's why it keeps throwing me off so much. I'm like, what the fuck? Does it make no sense? <laughs> Jack Black as Bowser is a little weird. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, I'm going to have to see. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad reads like a shit post. <laughs> well, you saw how fast someone turned one of those uh, Key and Peele skits into a voiceover of Toad, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I've that also hit the seen instantly. a lot of uh, Seth Rogen's laugh over Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that one was actually terrifying. I think I posted that one. That one, that one hurt me a little bit. I was scared. But Chris Pratt's Mario was like, F- here we really? go. <laughs> and like, I don't even know if they're going to bother doing voices, right? Because uh, that might be pretty racist. They're, I mean, Mario's depiction, as far as voice acting goes, has never exactly been consistent with it, with being Italian. Like, Charles Martinet's work in the video games is always pretty standard, right? They they lean into the Italian aspect of it. It's very much there. But in any of the other live-action renditions or any of the cartoons, they lean more Brooklyn than Italian. <laughs> He's a Brooklyn so, plumber. I don't even know. So don't kill little, me if that was an awful accident. <laughs> so they got a little wiggle room. They can do it. It, the, the whole time I'm imagining this cast, I'm not imagining Chris Pratt or Charlie Day doing any kind of accent whatsoever. It's just their voice on the characters. And Charlie <laughs> Day is perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, yes, I I completely agree with you there. But Chris Pratt is just like generic, family-friendly Hollywood leading man. And it's like, was there really nobody that could have been better for Mario? He's just going to sound like what's-his-face from the Lego Right, he he's literally just going to do his Lego Movie performance again. That that's exactly what I'm expecting. And he was great in the Lego Movie, but also kind of the entire point of that character was he was a blank slate to project shit on because he was just a normal, average, unimportant Lego character. And that's the energy he's going to bring to Mario if they're not doing an over-the-top accent. I can't wait for him to blow your socks off and come at you with this voice you're like who the fuck is that that's chris pratt (laughs) i can't i hope he does i hope he surprises me but i don't imagine chris pratt having what we traditionally call range (laughs) okay (laughs) you got me on that one wow (laughs) fair fair enough i guess (laughs) but it could be good like i said i mean illumination as a studio they don't really do bad work Aside from the minions being memed to hell and back and being the icon of the people I hate in this world, oh, the movies no. themselves aren't bad. Like, I didn't even think their their Grinch movie was that bad. I thought it was pretty good. Illumination doesn't do bad work. Hopefully, they have some smart fucking writers because that's what this movie is going to live or die on. Yep, you are right about that. And, like, I'm not even going to bang the drum necessarily that they should have just gotten Martinet for Mario. Because, honestly, Chris Martinet... Chris, was that... I'm already... Mar- <laughs> I was going to go with Charles Martinet, sorry. Charles Martinet speaking in complete sentences as Mario sounds weird to my ears. Yeah. I, could totally I mean, they, don't, they don't do it in the game. They just do, like, exclamations. Mario doesn't really have dialogue in the same way a character like Sonic does. So anytime you hear him say more than three words strung together, it's like, no, thank you. 
Yeah. Yeah, when it's not just a phrase, you're like, wait, what? So we'll see. I, that That's still a long way off. I had hoped when Miyamoto walked on, he was going to drop a trailer. But this is a cast that the internet will not stop talking about. So they got the buzz going, I guess. I liked how for a brief second, everyone was just posting shit posts of other celebrities as people like, no, I think I posted one that was like, Aquafina is black shy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been great. So, moving on from Nintendo news, uh, we got this, uh, do you know what the initiative is? I've heard of it. Okay, so, the so way... Now- <laughs> I thought you would have known more since you posted the tweet. Wait, oh, oh, that's what you're talking about. Uh, I I don't know what that is, but they were just tweeting that. Uh, are, are they the ones who make Perfect Dark? No. So the way I have had it described to me is that the initiative is a fairly new team inside of Microsoft. Where like I I I think they might be. Like the Sony Santa Monica equivalent, they are in a fact, Santa Monica games. Yeah, they are in Santa Monica. Um, their their first game is going to be them working with Crystal Dynamics to make a new Perfect Dark game. Uh, Crystal Dynamics most recently is the crew that did Tomb Raider, which is very highly acclaimed, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job with Perfect Dark. It's going to look sexy as fuck, is what it is. Now, my problem here is that the initiative is being described as a quadruple A studio. What? And I don't like that shit at all. No. Ew. What is, is that, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah, like, I, so, so we have traditionally only ever referred to anything as triple A and other, but I imagine there probably is some kind of definition of a and double A, I guess. But traditionally, triple A meant like your biggest budget, your biggest companies making the biggest games. And now Microsoft is stepping in here and saying that they're making something a step above. And to me, that kind of, to me, that cheapens the idea of triple A. Like they couldn't just redefine triple A. They couldn't just just make games, but they have to put so much money and time into something so as to try to make a new definition. And if this game flops, it's just going to look embarrassing for them. Their website sucks. There's nothing <laughs> on it. Just, like, just go to theinitiative.com and just view the disappointment. Okay, I'm going. It's loading. That front, that front page, that's basically it. Oh, did I misspell the initiative? I think I did. If you oh, yeah, to- it's just... Uh... Perfect Dark and some action statements, huh? Yeah, and if you click, like, the uh, learn more about our studio, click that link. Huh. It is a picture of their break room and two paragraphs about the studio. And then a link to the only other link that you could possibly click on, which is people that they're hiring. Yeah. They're, uh, they got a lot of positions open. I didn't know... Uh, I actually didn't even know anything about them i just saw per- that because i ugh, wow i just said nothing there um microsoft announced they were making a new perfect dark game a while ago 
I don't know if they at that time had named the initiative as the ones who were going to make it. I just saw, oh, whoever was making the Perfect Dark game was going to partner with Crystal Dynamics, and that means the game is going to look beautiful, even if it sucks. Yeah, but it'll also probably be pretty good. Yeah. Just because Crystal Dynamics does good work. Yeah. And Perfect Dark seems right in the wheelhouse for something akin to the new Terminator, Terminator, Tomb Raider games. Yeah. Badass female protagonist that shoots a lot of people. I'm in. Yeah, even if it's something I might not play, I will be watching it to see how it plays out. Well, it'll be on Game Pass, so you know your boy's gonna play it. That's true. If I keep up my Game Pass subscription now that I'm paying into it, I mean, yeah, I have no reason not to play. Although, that game's probably not coming out till 2023, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, <laughs> You got a while. <laughs> yeah, until then, I'll just have to be... <laughs> I'll just get the new Kirby game spring next year, and that'll carry me... All the way through to Perfect Dark, baby. You're forgetting about all those PlayStation games that are coming I out. I am that... not. All I need is Kirby. Oh, okay. Um, Fuck God of War. That's not true. I didn't say that. You did, and I will bring that up now. It uh, went right by the Kirby game. I'm a little, I'm a little irked that I, uh, I couldn't end up getting a PlayStation from that link. Oh, you did try? Well, yeah, because it was only open for like two hours. Like, Technically, you're not supposed to click it before. I found that out after I clicked it once. Um, so maybe that's why I got screwed when I actually went in during my time slot, or they were sold out. But I like I added one to my cart, got to the end, and then it was like, if you you have to go through the link in order to get one. And I was like, okay, well, if I click the link, it doesn't say that there's anything. It doesn't tell me anywhere to go. I could scroll down and click on the PlayStation and add it to my cart again and go through the whole process. But I get to the very end to push like purchase and it goes, you can only do this through a link. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess I can't get one. Cool. So, yeah. So close to greatness. And then I got cucked today trying to get that Bo Burnham pink vinyl that apparently the way the email was worded was like, this is only going out to the t- biggest fans of of the soundtrack because I've listened to the soundtrack like 50,000 times on Spotify. Um, and like the email went out at, at noon. I saw it at like 1210 clicked it and everything. It was already sold out. I was like, what the fuck? So either, either I just didn't actually get it when it was live and it took a while or people bought that shit fast. Yeah, that could go either way. Yeah, I I wasn't that mad because I was like, oh, I bet they didn't have a big release of this version of it, and people just scooped it up immediately. The thing that made no sense is that they had a thing that was like limited four per person, or four per order. I'm like, why would it be any more than one? (laughs) If if this is going out to individuals who've listened to it a bunch, why would you give any of them an an option to buy more than one? Because that would just mean mean less people would have a chance to get it. I could see two if you were grabbing one for a friend, but any yeah. more than that kind of reeks of scalping. Yeah. So, I don't know. It Maybe it wasn't even real, and they hacked my phone, and now I'm fucked. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I haven't had a lot of luck with uh getting in line to buy stuff. <laughs> well, if you actually want to own it on vinyl for some reason, you can just come with me when it drops, and we'll go to the, the local record store, and you can probably get one there. 
Yeah, I might just pre-order the yellow one on Target. I don't know. Personally, I'm just getting the black. I, I only saw a a clear variant, and I didn't see where that coloring would add anything to the content of the record, so I just went with plain black vinyl. Yeah, the yellow one wasn't that impressive either. Uh, the pink one looked cool. That's why I was like, oh, shit. I 100% want to get that, but... I, I picked Alas. up this one record a few months ago for one of my favorite bands, The Midnight. Uh, they dropped a new EP a few months ago called Horror Show. And the vinyl I got for that is really interesting because it's it's mostly, like, at first glance, it looks like standard black vinyl. But it's actually kind of a lighter gray, and it's got, like, this smoky kind of visual to it. Ooh, I think that's... I showed it to you when I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it would have been really cool if for a colored variant of inside that did something similar to that, but made it look like like a wood grain and as if it had like a bunch of dust on it. I think Ooh. that could have looked good for inside. Yeah. I definitely think you can tell that uh Bo has not done a final release because I think if he had, he might have tried to do something cool like that. Not to say that he didn't. Because all of his uh all the limit, all like all the the vendor specific versions are just a color. They don't really do anything like pattern or design wise in it. But I also right. don't know a goddamn thing about what goes into making them look like that, and if that makes them more expensive. Yeah, that combined with the fact that the main retailers for the album are Target and Urban Outfitters, and it's Amazon. hard. It's hard to even say whether or not he was part of the decision to press it on vinyl and whether or not that was just a merchandising thing as part of the rights to Netflix. It's hard to say. That is a good question. I didn't even think about that. Because that level of commercialization on some level does also seem to go against like Bo Burnham's general message, if not the message of inside. Um, and granted, bet- I'm still going to purchase it regardless, but it's, it's, it's a point of contention I think about. I bet he wanted to have it don't uh, have a vinyl release, but I think you you're probably right when it comes to like having you know retail specific versions. He probably had no say in that, right? Because it is specifically ironic that Urban Outfitters would be a named primary retail source for vinyl it, given, or Target. Uh, yeah, like that's just because of the the mention of Urban Outfitters in the song White Woman's Instagram. <laughs> but hey, maybe that's why. Because that thing kind of um, radiated Urban Outfitter and Target vibes on some of those. Yeah. But it's so cool. I'm I'm happy to have it. And, and I think uh, depending on your attitude going into something like that, you can kind of navigate the, the perils of irony yourself on whether <laughs> it's uh, against the creator's wishes to have something commercialized like that. I'll support my boy. I... Someone who's listened to that soundtrack way too many times and seen the special way too many times for not even been out like six months yet. Right. Uh, I don't give a fuck. And I'm a shill. I will throw money to support people like it's nothing. I bought Channel 5 merch uh, over the weekend when they did their merch drop. I bought a mug and a hat. I would have bought a shirt, but they had they were like pocket shirts. or uh, Is that what you call it? Where like over your left breast there's like a pocket 
And it, yeah, I, I think I, when when I've bought Hanes shirts at Walmart, I think it's referred to as fashion pocket. Yeah, they look like plumber shirts to me, so I'm like, <laughs> nah. Because when I look, worked at the warehouse for the HVAC company, all of our shirts had pockets, I'm pretty sure, right there, that they gave us to wear. And I'm like, no, I don't hey, think I will. You know what's a big fucking problem about you and me being roommates? What? We can't share clothes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, there are there are <laughs> a few degrees of other problems in the way of that, but no. Uh, the the problem is I can't buy a Channel Five mug now. Why? Because we just have two of the exact same mug in the cabinet. Oh, I'm taking it into work. <laughs> what, you just gonna leave it there? Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. Maybe I'll buy a mug too then. Well, but... the the drops already closed. It was only up for like three days. Fuck! Has it been three days? Yeah, it went up on Friday. And then it was only up for 48 hours, but he extended it through yesterday evening. Fuck, all right. Well, that's probably for the best. I got to not spend money. I got Outer Wilds DLC coming out tomorrow. Oh, shit, dude. That's tomorrow? Good Lord. I just need it to be next Tuesday so I can go to Barnes & Noble and just blow $100 on new manga. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, uh, speaking of new games coming out, um, Deltarune 2, like I mentioned last week, I didn't get a chance to get hands-on with that. I haven't played all of it, but it was really good. Uh, you have not played Undertale at all, right? I've played the first 10 minutes. And you weren't hooked. No. I was like, what in the fuck am I doing? Uh, this seems like a lot of reading. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're such a fucking caveman. Yeah, why do you think I prefer manga to light novels? <laughs> More pictures, right. less reading. Well, I'll spare you because I don't feel comfortable giving a full review of it anyway, but Deltarune 2 is very, very good, and uh, I am constantly looking forward to anything Toby Fox puts his fingers on, and uh, hopefully the next chapters are coming out sooner than later. Um, So play, play Deltarune. That's Weren't that. you saying it was like years between chapter 1 and chapter 2? Yeah, so Undertale comes out, and then three years later, Deltarune Chapter 1 comes out, and then another three years later, Chapter 2 comes out. Yikes. Um, but Toby was pretty upfront about that. He said that um, Deltarune Chapter 1 took a long time because he was still making it largely by himself, and it was a more ambitious project. Uh, the game design has evolved beyond, I assume, the capabilities of RPG Maker, which is all he made Undertale in. Oh, um, wow. So he needed some time to get a team together, and now he has that team. So the next three chapters are going to drop at the same time, and hopefully in a sooner time span. Oh, oh that's good. You're not going to get Half-Life. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. This, this one did also add a proper UI and gave the entire project uh, some direction, some structure. Uh, so it looks like there's going to be seven chapters in total. And the next drop will be chapters three, four, and five. Okay, cool. So it's it's a weird kind of release. And because of that, I, I'm not super comfortable talking about how the game is without having the full game in my hands. That's fair. Just because of also the nature of the way its story is being told. It's hard for me to get a grasp on it other than enjoying the time I spend with it. Say that's that makes fair. sense. Yeah. I mean, you want the full experience before. It's like how, like, 
similar to when I do anime reviews, or kind of how I started with our last seasonal overview, is I won't give anything a score until it's done. So if it's split between seasons or cores, I'm like, well, well I'll tell you how I think of it once the whole thing's done. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, you also finished a game this week. Did you want to talk about that? Oh, I can mention it briefly. I've I've mentioned it previously that I've been playing Road 96. It's kind of a just uh, not a choose your own adventure. What I I'm I always blank on how to describe what kind of game it is because it's just kind of a decision game, walking simulator type thing, kind of similar to a Telltale game. Um, I. The ending was the ending I got was just kind of like oh, okay, to the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't really care to see what the other endings might be, or yeah. how much in the end they'd be different. But it wasn't bad. It was a cool little game. I don't think I realized how few people worked on it. It was like a, probably like a under thirty person team. Hmm. Um. The the music in it is awesome. Have you listened to the soundtrack of it? No, I I haven't seen like anything about the game. Uh, the soundtrack on even Spotify. Heard about it until you start telling me about it. The soundtrack's on Spotify, and there's some tracks on there that I think you will vibe with heavy. Um, some of them are like obviously it's a video game soundtrack, and it's mostly, uh, um, what is the word for only? It's mostly instrumental. Okay. There's some songs that have lyrics, um, but. Some of them I, I really like, and I was like, wow, this kind of seems like Chris's aesthetic on some of them. Uh, so I would highly recommend you check that out, just because it's like, it's the soundtrack. You can skip shit if you don't want to. The game overall wasn't bad. I don't really know who to recommend it to, because it's basically a political game, <laughs> where you're either uh, fuck politics, go vote, or anarchy. Um, and yeah, depending... One thing I, the one gripe I kind of had is that they make it seem like you would complete each character's little storyline that you encounter by the end of the game, but that's not necessarily true. Um, I think of the seven, seven or eight, six, seven or eight characters that you interact with and see throughout the game, um, I only 100%ed two of them. The rest of them were all real close, like, they give you percentage progress after you encounter somebody. Um, I got like 80% on the rest, of, the rest of them, which means I had like one more story beat left. But uh, I just didn't care enough to go through and try a new game plus it. But I'm who knows? I might at some point. But it was interesting. I, I don't really know how to, what else to say about it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think. Yeah, it was it was fun, mostly because the soundtrack's banging the whole time. Nice. Helps get you through. On a similar note to that, and since we were talking about vinyl briefly, um, that Outer Wilds DLC, like I said, drops tomorrow, or maybe midnight tonight. I, I don't know. Steam releases are always kind of weird. I, I am hoping that uh, it does, in fact, it does come with uh, a whole extra soundtrack bit. New music for the DLC. And Outer Wilds is some of the most beautiful video game music I've ever heard. I, I'm hoping that that means they will do a repressing of the vinyl. Um, I guess at the very least do another vinyl pressing of this new music. Because uh, of all the vinyl I 
possibly want to own currently. That album seems to be either the most elusive or the most expensive. Huh. Is that just because they only release so many and it's not actively in circulation, so you'd have to buy it, like, off someone else who's already bought it? Right. Uh, a lot of video game music I have seen is released through either I Am 8-Bit or Fangamer. Uh, I forget which handled Outer Wilds. I think it was I Am 8-Bit. And typically, these things only get a single initial run, and then the more popular stuff will get a repressing. And to my knowledge, the Outer Wilds DLC has never gotten more than the initial run. But, like, I've got uh, Celeste on vinyl that I bought through Fangamer. Um, and they've, uh, like, I, <laughs> I'm on their website right now, and they've got, the new Super Monkey Ball on vinyl. They've got Sonic Colors on vinyl. Sea of Thieves on vinyl. Like, shit that, like, I have to question why anybody would even want, but fandoms get a fandom. Well, you know what would make it a lot more popular and help it get a second release? If they put that shit on PC Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. I think it was there for a while, but I do wish they would have. Now it's only, it it's there. only been on Xbox Game Pass the longest time but they won't put it on pc i guess maybe they just don't have a port for it but i'd play it in a heartbeat if it was on pc and i'm but i'm not buying it because it's on regular game pass <laughs> <laughs> um i think i may have just stumbled onto something here on uh, their website uh-oh uh, that's if my initial inclination is correct, this might actually be Outer Wilds related. Oh my god. Uh, there is this Project 8149 that is a vinyl release. <laughs> the details are redacted LP on redacted vinyl, music by redacted, album art by redacted. Um, they have this little giffy slideshow, though, of some quick cuts of some letters, and that A looks like an Annapurna A. Oh. That might be Outer Wilds. Oh my god. Uh, there's some Morse code here in the description that translates to closer, not much longer, which is ominous. Don't get your I gotta, hopes up. I gotta keep an eye on that. Did you know that Back for Blood comes out in two weeks? No, I didn't. That that game slipped away from me. It's on Game Pass. Is it? Is it gonna be? Comes out. It co it's coming to Game Pass on October twelfth. I I'm probably not gonna have much of a chance to play that game just because, as I've said before, I don't have a, a lot of chance to play games with friends anymore. Um, so I have instead become a crusader to try to get my mom to play that game because <laughs> she she loved Left for Dead. She played Left for Dead to death. And so I know she will love that game if she has a chance to play it. Well, I guess the the other the last bit of gaming news ish stuff we have is you finally got your chance to play some Halo Infinite because they did the first part of their two weekend technical preview this past weekend. Uh, yeah, shit's good. They kind of sad some stuff. I only really got to play five hours out of the twenty four it was available for. Or not, not twenty four, sixteen. What? So, what are your what are your overall impressions as someone who has yet to who had no, been I was yet, still wrong twenty four, huh? <laughs> who had Sorry, not yet up. played it? Uh, yeah. I like it. I liked it a lot. Uh, 
the the first hour I played on the first day was a little rough because I had to get my graphics settings right and fix FOV and just get a feel for the game. So I I I was kind of afraid I wasn't going to like it after that first little bit. Um but the second day I was able to play with some more friends and I had things figured out, had a little experience and had a lot more fun. I don't think it feels as good as something like Destiny still. Um but that is a pretty high bar as far as gunplay goes. Uh, but it is a huge step above something like Halo 4 and 5. Oh, yeah. It feels closer to a traditional Halo experience while feeling like the next-gen upgrade Halo 4 never was. Yep. And I I don't know how much you noticed this, but as someone who's been playing, still been playing a lot of Master Chief Collection, uh, one of the single and i i think i mentioned this after the first technical preview but this one of the single greatest things that they've done to change to modernize halo is is allowing you to immediately stop sprinting and immediately shoot hmm. there is no in, in old ones if you were sprinting if you stopped sprinting or let go of whatever button was sprinting it was a good whole second before the running animation stopped, you pulled out your gun and were able to fire. Now, once you stop sprinting, you can immediately shoot. And it's so it, it makes the game feel so smooth compared to what it did. And I, 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 one of the single greatest changes that they've made, in my opinion. Yeah, that was not something I had picked up on. Um, similarly, something that I was initially not very hot on was how slow the sliding mechanic was. Um, now that I played more. It's a little less jarring. I'm getting more used to it and figuring out when I'm able to do so, but it it feels a lot slower than anything else going on with the game. And and for Halo, the game can be surprisingly frenetic and fast-paced. Not to the point of getting to something like a Call of Duty, but it is a little faster than normal Halos. Um but yeah, just having more time with it, it feels really good. And I think a big reason for why so much of the what we played in the technical preview felt fast is the maps were you were not bigger maps like recharge of those first three recharge was by far the biggest one i think and then the other two you could just find people almost immediately from spawn uh mm -hmm. now uh what was the fourth map that they added behemoth 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 it just felt like a halo map it felt very much like um oh what is that Halo 2 map called that has the big old radio array thing in the middle and there's also a banshee? Um, Zanzibar? No. No, because Zanzibar was also last resort in Halo 3. I think it was Pinnacle in one of them. Uh, oh, one of, yeah, yeah, okay. It had very Pinnacle vibes, but like if you weren't floating in the air and you were like on the ground. But th there were a lot of... Um, actually, no, that's not the map I'm thinking of. It was a Halo 2 map that had, like, that that weird, like, forerunner sniper thing where you're, like, on a beach. And you could get in a Warthog and go all the way around. It felt very much like that. Mm -hmm. But then also some uh, a Halo 5 map, actually. The, the middle part felt very Halo 5-y. They, they're, they're doing a very good job of meshing old feel with new maps, which I, I like. I also like that what we're seeing of in-environment maps is good so far 
Uh, that was one of the things I was not as big a fan about in Halo 4 and 5, is the in-environment maps. There weren't that many of them, it felt like, and there weren't that many good ones. And so then most of what you were playing on were just forged versions of old maps that looked like forged versions of maps, and it just didn't feel... They, I don't care what you say, forged versions of maps will never feel as good as an it like that the whole map was designed with a specific art style. If you know yeah, what I'm saying, not at all. Halo Five was a particularly awful abuser of that concept because they had their new flagship game mode in matchmaking that was meant to simulate like an esports. So it was supposed to be like I guess a UNSC hollow deck. So the whole thing had like a very gridded neon kind of synthwave aesthetic to it. But because of that, it all felt like it, it was made in Forge. It was manufactured and it didn't feel natural. It didn't have the, the kind of appeal you want from a built-in shooter map. And then Halo 4 and 5 both kind of tried to keep multiplayer fresh by just having Forge-made maps put in for other types of game modes, which works fine when you want to do an experimental playlist like Action Sack. But just to have captured the flag on Forge maps and not keep making maps feels cheap. And also, like you said, it takes away a lot of the more interesting design you can do. Because as good of a tool as Forge has evolved into, it's still not a replacement for actual fucking game design. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. There are some really amazing maps that people in the community have made in Forge. Like what you can do in Halo 5 Forge is insane to me like if, if if compared to where it started in halo 3 to what you can do now like there's some really cool custom game e like action sack game modes that can now be played in matchmaking because of forge but and they have actually have done a lot with um how you can edit the environments like the background environments uh so that they don't all look like forge world would you know um, but to the, what I was, the point I was making, it's still not the same, but hopefully we'll actually get some that hopefully Halo 5 will be successful enough that we'll actually get, uh, more releases of maps as things go. And it won't just be community driven. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll want it to be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Along with the multiplayer being free to play and that causing some some feather ruffling in the community for how they're going to monetize the game. I would really like it. Like like if they if they released map packs as traditional DLC, I almost wouldn't complain because I I would be fine to support the game in that way to pay for new content. But that would come with fracturing the player base based on who has maps and who doesn't and that's kind of a practice of the past. But regardless, yeah. I hope to see new maps. Yeah, you're just going to have to fork over money for that nice new coating of blue. Right. And, you know, if I keep playing the game, if I like it enough, yeah, I don't mind throwing like $10 at them every month or so. Well, that's what the Battle Pass will be for. True. Yeah, that that will be what the Battle Pass is for. That is, and I won't go into any of my gripes that I became a lot more apparent to me uh, in this technical preview than the last one. But I am I am looking forward to giving three four three my feedback after next weekend, uh, which also next weekend is the big team battle one, and oh that shit's gonna be great. 
that one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, your your grip with the battle pass being that uh, experience gain isn't that fast. Because well, I don't like that there is no other level up system other than the battle pass right now. Uh, I they have addressed that I believe in some of their community posts, but they basically said like it won't be there at launch, which I'm like, how? how why that doesn't make sense to me? Why you would not have a non battle pass progression system? Because by the, the the sheer nature of having a battle pass, like you'll have multiple, so your rank would reset for the new one. And let, but I don't know, because the battle passes in Halo aren't going to go away. It's going to be like Master Chief Collection, where you can always go back and unlock stuff from a previous one. Um, so I don't know. They haven't been very uh forward with how that whole system's going to work. Uh, and honestly, that's not the best sign to me. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see because I they've taken a lot of feedback that people have given uh, already, so that's good. Um, and we'll just have to see what we end up getting in December. Yeah, regardless, it'll be something to have fun with, and since it's free-to-play anyway, we're not going to lose anything, I guess. I just want Halo to be fun again. Right. And it's fun. We, we rolled deep with four, a squad of four, and that was some good times. I kept... I kept everything in line, didn't get mad. It was good. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Oh, yeah. I All right. So I, I think I've said on this podcast before, and I have stated as such, that there is not a single game in existence that is made less for the inclusion of a grappling hook. And Halo Infinite is no exception. The it grapple shot so is my favorite addition to Halo Infinite. I can't wait to be able to use it, hopefully unlimited, in the campaign. And uh, cool. that is going to be the only power weapon I give a single fuck about on any map. Now, my Not the one thing weapon. I would say is I think it needs a slight nerf to just how much speed you get from it. Because Jesus Christ, do you get shot like a fucking cannon once you zip off something. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Yeah, you do get going. I, I had this moment. I was playing with a friend. We were running down a hall. It was two of us. We were running into two of them. He starts shooting. I grapple shot the ceiling and fly over him. I go right into one of them, melee kill him, turn around and shoot the other guy, and I got both of those kills. Oh. Dude, see, that, that, the, the hot plays you can do with the equipment in this game is going to be crazy. I've seen some hot plays with the, like, the repulsor thing, you know, that one yeah. where you can, like, push people back. Someone used it to, on, on Behemoth, is that what we said, is that what you said it was? Yeah. I, I already forgot. Uh, on that one, they used it on the ground to jump up in the air with a needler and just sprayed the dude with the needler above him, and he had no idea what was happening. I was just Whoa, like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm like, oh I my didn't god, even I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's what I thought the same thing. I was like, I didn't even think of plays like that. Like, we're gonna see some just absolutely crazy plays with some of the equipment, which is cool because that means they have a you know they're very accessible. Um, I would say like anyone can just pick them up and use them. You know how to use them, but there's a you, uh, crazy high ceiling that you can reach with some of them and you're just going to see some that's a good and bad thing like we'll probably get in some games where people are just going to 
absolutely destroy us just spider-manning across maps <laughs> but at, the, at a certain point you'll be like okay well at least you know he put in the time and this is kind of impressive even though i'm getting stomped oh and i'm gonna quit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm more so excited to see how that kind of thing is gonna change custom games oh god because something like yeah. the piercer is gonna change vehicle based duck hunt games yeah oh just whipping that thing out harpooning shit that's yeah. the best part i don't know who i was explaining it to might have been james or gunner but uh i think it was gunner finally picked one up he's like so like is there a charge like what is me and james were like no you literally just shoot someone with a giant harpoon <laughs> yeah and you don't notice it really until you're playing on a map like behemoth but it's got some travel time like you're you're firing a fucking spear and if it's far enough away you see it go it's not yeah. it's not instant like a sniper yeah uh the mo i'm the guns feel good another gripe i had i had an issue with my frame rate where once i set it was twofold once i set the minimum to off and the maximum to whatever. It was basically like it could go as high as it wanted and it could go as low as it needed to. Uh and then turned on my frame rate counter. I'm 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 walking at you 343 on that one. Uh I had no issues with my frame rate. Uh but the, but the default settings on my my frame rate were um a little fucky to say the least. Yeah, yours were actually fucked up. That had to have been a glitch or a UI issue. I don't know what was going on there. Cuz I never I don't believe I ever touched that, even in the last flight. So, yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. All right, well, enough gushing about Halo. I think that's the end of the episode. Okie dokie, artichokey. You boys got dinner to make and Outer Wilds to play and prep for the DLC tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> what? It's like 8 o'clock, you old fucking man. Well, actually, I'll probably be watching The Sopranos. See, you need to watch The Sopranos so then we can just talk about The Sopranos because, oh <laughs> my god, it's so good. I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch it. But that's for another time. Yeah, look forward in five years for our Sopranos rewatch podcast. Why's it got to be five years? Because that's what I'll have time. Huh? Okay, bye. Yeah, uh, I got I gotta do the things. Follow oh. us on Twitter at obsession underscore pod. If you like this episode, tell a friend. All right, that that's the end of the episode. You can go with that.